Okay, let's begin our discussion of Parshas Vayakal Bakude, Tavshin Pe Gimel. Scheduling note, a week from tonight will be the Haggadah year. Uh, a week from tonight, Rosh Chodesh Nisan, uh, will be the Haggadah year instead of a Parsha year for uh, Vayikra. Uh, the following week, I'm going to be away. <coughs> be away, so there won't be a year. And the following week is Pesach. Uh, so this will be the la- this will be the last Parsha year for a while. Uh, but next week with Hashem, uh, we'll be starting earlier, at least at eight. We'll have to see exactly uh, when. But um, it's either eight or a quarter to eight. But uh, we'll start it uh, earlier. That'll be a week from tonight, the Haggadah year, and again it'll be up on the um, on the OU. Um, the OU to our website. Okay, so let's start. Vayaka Bakude, the climax of Sefer Shmos, that we'll hopefully get to a little bit later. <coughs> well, we start off with something that we mentioned more than a decade ago, but it's one of my favorite to mention in Vayaka Bakude, and that's a thought from Rav Zevin. We're going to have two Rav Zevins, one old one and one new one. Um, in uh, source number one, you have Rav Zevin. Pavarshis um, Bakude, Bo Beminyan, the first line is missing. I don't remember, it got uh, cut off, I think. Oh, I'm sorry, it's not missing. It says it afterwards. Parshas Bakude is all about the countings and the um, listings of all of the Binyan Mishkan. Right, it's a repeat from Parshas Trumatetzaveh. Uh, <coughs> That's different than the word Vayakel. The word vayakel, shenyana haklal vahit kahalut. Pekude connotes individual items put together. And vayakel is all about gathering the unit. Vidavka parshios vayakel pekude bos barov shanem biyachad. Ubimichubar. Most years, vayakel pekude are together. There's vayakel and there's pekude. Says Rev Zevin, shtei hashkafas olam yeshnan. There are really two opposite approaches and mentalities that, that isms, I wouldn't call them religions, but all the isms out there have. All the isms, whether it's communism, whether it's socialism, whether it's any isms, they usually have two extreme views. One of the two. One view is that it's all about the klal. It's all about the tzibur. It's all about the whole. Society as a whole. The individual person has no inherent value, uh, or chashivus himself. Any value of the individual is cause every individual is a bolt, is a screw in the larger machine called society. And therefore there's no need to focus or to take into account any individual. Right? There could be collateral damage. Right? There could be um, uh, individual rights that are that are violated, but that's okay. Because it's all about the cloud. And one could sacrifice thousands of individuals on the altar of the tzibur. That's one view. But then you can have the exact opposite view. It's all about individual rights. This is probably more of what we see today in our world. It's all about individual rights no matter what. It's about me and I can make any decision that I want about any part of my life. It's about the personal. The purpose of the tzibur is to serve me. But it's all about me. B'merkaz omeid haprat. In the center of existence is the individual. So those are two ideas that we find in the world around us in different societies and cultures. And Yadus Judaism rejects both extremes. Right, both of these Ashkafas are not following the Ruach HaTorah. With Midosh HaTorah, the ways that we darshan the Torah, there's the Klal that needs the Prat, the Prat that needs the Klal, which is a tool that we use to darshan the Torah, but uh, homiletically, right, Rav Zevin is using it as, you know, the tzibur, the, the sum total of, of society needs the individuals, and the individuals need the sum total. The apa'olam, aklal tzorach leprav, aparat tzorach leklal. Mitzad echad, on the one hand, the Gemara tells us, kol ha-mekayim nefeshachas mi Yisrael, ki lukiyam olamale. Right, on the one hand, the Gemara tells us, if somebody saves one life, it's as if he saves the whole world. 
Every life. Every individual is a whole world. But on the other end, or a nation, or a unit. Right, and that's what he uh, he discusses. The stars, right? Every star is unique and special and gives off its own light, so to speak, but it's part of the solar system. It's part of the galaxies. And each one, and they work together. That's Vayakel and Pekudeh. Vayakel the Kehila, Pekudeh, the Pekudah Shekolechad Ve'echad, the individual. They come together because when it comes to Hashras Ashkina and building the Mishkan, we have to have both. Ritufos, Uberov Hashanim Hem Yachad. They're always one after another, and sometimes like this year, they're together. Klaat Sarach Leprat Vatsaprat Sarach Leklaat. Okay, so that gets us into Vayakal Bekudah. I forgot to mention regulating the Haggadahs here for next week. Brother Shem, there'll be, uh, you know, Haggadahs, those who are here will be some Haggadahs. Brother Shem, they're, they're selling the, uh, the Shalom Rav Haggadahs out there. Feel free to get it. But Brother Shem, next week, we won't have any thoughts that are in the Sefer. So hopefully, uh, nobody should think that, uh, I've already learned it. Okay. Let's continue. That's, uh, Besham Monday night will be the, the, the book launch here. Those who are in, uh, Beit Shemesh, 8 o'clock, and then Besham next Wednesday, a week from tonight, will be the, the Haggadah Okay, so let's get into the beginning of Vayakel. The first word, as we just spoke about the Parshios overall, Vayakel Moshe. Moshe gathers together as Kaladas ben Yisrael, Vayomar Leah, Moshe gathers them together and says, Eila Advarim, these are the things. When did this take place? Vayakel Moshe. Rashi tells us, Lomacharas Yomakipurim. Right, this is Rashi Shita. Rashi says, Ein Remember, the Chet Egel happened before. We discussed that last week. Aaron Cohen's role, right after the Chet Egel, then he is the Mechaper. He is the one that, that is uh, chosen to be the Kohen Gadol. So Moshe gathers them the day after Yom Kippur, Kishiyar Menahar. And what does he talk to them about? He talks to them about Shabbos, we'll, we'll get to, and he talks, about the, talks to them about the Mishkan. Says the Nitziv, top left, just in, t- in terms of Pashat Pashat of the Psukim. This isn't, a, this isn't a message. This is just how to understand what's going on here. Moshe gathers the entire Jewish people. Vayakal Moshe as kol adas b'nei Yisrael. Everybody. Hainu ha'anashim ha'anashim g'moshikasav ramban Says the Nitziv, this is everyone. V'losho di'amata azhara. And he's not telling them something new here. Shabsot ha'tishmaru, we had Shabbos already. We had Shabbos in Kisisa, we had Vishamru. We already know that. It can't be that this is the first time Moshe Rabbeinu gathering all of Klai Yisrael together. Moshe is telling him about Shabbos and the Mishkan for the first time. It's pretty general. Right, these, uh, these psukim. It's not as specific as it was. Says the Nitziv, this Vayakel is not something new. Vadai, miyada, chesher, yorad, mehar, sinai. Right when Moshe Rabbeinu came down from our sinai. Right, the first, the, before he was up. Right, went up on, right, he went up to our sinai and, on, and the shvuis, he came down, there was Aseris Adibros. He taught us a lot of the Torah then. Then he went back up, and then you have 40 days later, Shavos of Atamas, and 40 days later, you have forgiveness. But earlier, at some stage, Moshe had been already taught many of the Jews different portions of the Torah, whether it's Shabbos, whether it was Mishkan. But he never had told them when they were all together. Maybe he told the the older, the adults. Maybe he told the men certain things that they were in charge of. Maybe he told the Kohanim certain things. Maybe he told the engineers certain things. But there were certain people who were, you know, Ame Haaretz, who were not well-versed. If they weren't literate. So everybody heard things secondhand, so to speak. But Moshe says that's not good enough for Klal Yisrael. Moshe gathered everyone. There's nothing like hearing it all together. Sometimes a rabbi will send out certain messages to the kehila or certain individuals. But then when the shul's all together, say it again. 
because there's a there's a feeling, there's an experience that that exists when it's together. It says in it said that's what happens here. There isn't so much new information in Parshas Vayakel and Pekude. Right? Vayakel is about that Sivuyim and Pekude, it, it was fulfilled. But it says in it said, it's important to know as an educational tool sometimes. You know, sometimes you got to speak to individuals, but then speak to the clow altogether. Okay. Moving right along, now we get to the new Rav Zevin that we haven't touched on yet. Source number three. Parshas HaMishkanem Vayakel, as we know, Vayakel Moshe. Says the Latur of Lamodem, says Rav Zevin, I have a halachic question. Source number three on the bottom of the first page. Be'etzemein Vayakel ala Be'eretz Yisrael. If you learn Mesechus Harios on Dav Gimel, there's a principle there that Kehila, which means the congregation of Israel, the halachic definition of Kehila are the Jews in the land of Israel. Kahal Eretz Yisrael Ikri Kal. And there are ten different halachos that depend on the Jews of Eretz Yisrael. Whether it's Kiddush HaChodesh, whether it's Parhelam Dover Shal Tzibor, when the Bezda makes a mistake, Egla Rufa, Smicha, there are many laws that go by the land of Israel, even though it's not connected to the dirt. Mitzvah Satuliyas Ba'aretz. There are many. The Rambam Paskins, the 600,000 Jews bracha, is only made of Jews on Jews in Eretz Yisrael. What does that have to do with, with the land? Nothing. The physical land. So Vayakel, Kehila, are Jews in Eretz Yisrael. Vayashlama Ba'esi Yesachag, Veskol Yisrael, Imo Kahal Gadol. You see the Kahal, the language used by Shlomo HaMelech. Milavo Hamas Anach Mitzrayim. Michti, Chziv, Kol Yisrael, Kahal Gadol, Vachulu. Right, Shmami no, Hani Udikri call Vikhain Barambam, but he quotes the Rambam that I just mentioned. Ain Mashkichan al Yoshe Chutzlaretz, Shin Kari Kal al Yoshe Eretz Yisrael. When it comes to certain areas of Alacha, the definition of Kahal Yisrael are the Jews in Eretz Yisrael. Fadurmam Rum Lahalacha, as I just quoted, Benogia Parlam Davashal Tzibur, Tainus Tzibur, the Brach of Chacham Harazim, which the Gemara doesn't say it explicitly, it's limited, but the Rambam does. The Rambam does. So the Musag, the idea of Kahal is Kahal Eretz Yisrael. And before he gets to his question, Rav Zevin notes that the word Kahal, which we might also use as a synonym Tzibur, is different than the word Shutfis, partnership. There's a big difference. Many Achronim point this out. There's a difference between Shutfis and Tzibur. For example, Karbanos. Certain Karbanos are brought by the Tzibur, a Karban Mincha. Karban Mincha could be brought by the Tzibur, right? Karban Omer and Shtei Alechem, right? And it can be brought by a Yachid. Shudfin, three people can't get together and bring a Karban Mincha. There's a difference between a partnership and a community. And a Tzibur, what is that? Says Rav Zevin, Yesh Hevdol Ben Kalo Shudfis. Elaf Alfei Chaver Meshtafim Yachad. Enam Kal, if there are thousands of shareholders in a company, they're all partners in the company. The individuals keep their identity and they're in a partnership. And they each have a certain amount in the partnership. Kahal, but Kahila or Tzibur, individuals lose their own identity. Tzibur is Kla Yisrael. Tzibur is one. A Yachid is one. A Tzibur or a Kahal is one. Shutfis are many. It's not split. And that's the definition of kahal. Kahal Yisrael. Which, as Rav Zevin said, only applies in Eretz Yisrael according to the Gemara. Right? That is the concept. Tzibur kahal. So now we get to the question. If the concept of kahal only applies in Eretz Yisrael, so what does it mean here by Yakel Moshe? They're in the desert. They're not in Eretz Yisrael. So how could the Torah use that Lashon? What is it, not precise? It's Vayakel, Kehila. So uh, uh, should we just answer, let's just read the question. Avakan Vayakel Moshe Harei Hayu Bamidbar. Ubekozos Vayakel. Right, well, we sp- are we supposed to answer like the Gemara says in Megillah? That, oh, before they came to Eretz Yisrael, then Kahal could apply somewhere else? Like the Gemara says about Halel? Right, There's, you don't say you only say halal on a, on a nation in Eretz Yisrael. I, what about Mitzrayim? That was before they came in. So something similar, says Rav Zevin. You could say kal here too. Why Mishkan? Mishkan. Tamo shall Mishkan. Meaning, 
And he doesn't ex- ex- explicate this, but I'll just add, really, I think, what, he, what he's driving at, and that is, even Kahal Yisrael, Kahal is only in Eretz Yisrael, but what's the root of Eretz Yisrael? Hashra Sashrina. Hashgacha Miyuchedes. That's Kahal. When there's Am Yisrael close to the Hashras Hashchina, that's what creates Kahal. So once HaKadosh Baruch rested his presence in Yerushalayim, so then that's it. It's done. Only in Eretz Yisrael forevermore. But at that point in history, it was wherever the Mishkan was. The Mishkan brought the Hashras Hashchina. Before that, at the Sneh, Shal Nalecha Me'al Raglecha, Ki HaMakam HaShetah Omer Olav Admas Kodesh, the Medr says, the snare was like the Azara. Moshe had to take off his, his uh, shoes. Because it was like the courtyard of the base of Migdash. It was the most intense Kedusha. And that's how you could have Kahal and Chutzla Aretz at that time. Because the Mishkan was there. And they surrounded the Mishkan, and that's how you could have Vayakel. And Zelu Umazeh says the Latur of Alamoadim, and really this had to be a Tikkun. Because just like there could be a Kahal Kedusha, last week we read about a Kahal Bituma. Vayikahel, Ahaam al Aaron, al Aaron, right? They gathered. There was a Kahal. Maybe they were searching for Shechina. Maybe they were searching for Akadish Baruchu. And they ended up going, uh, right, astray. Maybe there was potential for Kahal there. But we needed this, the Mishkan, to be able to rectify, to be able to fix. Line 16. We had to fix it. We had to have the Kahal come back um, and reignite the reality that that was earlier. Yisrael Shabosodar Ibdu Asamusa Kal until we got it back. And then later on in history, sometimes we lost it. When we went into when we went into Gaulus, the Khurban, Haman recognized it was no Markal, Ha'am Mafuzar Mafurad. So we had to come back again with the Purim story, which ultimately led to Binyan Besa Migdash, Hasheni. And we came together, Lech Kano says Kal Hayehudim, Nikhalu Yehudim Ba'arehem, Lehi Kahel Valamalonasham. Right, they, they had the concept of Kahal back, which again led them to finish building the Beis HaMikdash. So that's Vayakel. Again, the message for us is the Shechina is the source of the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael and Eretz Yisrael Ikri Kahal Baruch Hashem. Okay, now we have Shabbos. Another time we have Shabbos, number of times in the Torah, not only Yom Kippur is called Shabbos Shabbason, Shabbos is called Shabbos Shabbason. Kala Osebo Malacha Yumas. There's Isra Malacha. Osebaro Eish, Bechal Moshe Osechem, Yom HaShabbos. Right, that's the only Malacha that is listed explicitly, besides maybe Hotza. So one thought related to Shabbos, which I usually quote from, but the Be'er HaChayim uh, has a, Bitterman has a bencher, has a birchon. So there he has pages and pages explaining all of the Zmiros. Every line in the Zmiros is unbelievable. If we would just sit and think about it and analyze it and have shiurim about Zmiros. They were written by the Rishonim, by the, the Eben Ezra and, uh, and others, Ramosha Darshan. And, and even though the, the later Zmiros were written by Kabbalists in Svat, Yedin Nefesh. So if you look there, he has a line, he has an explanation of one line in Kamakadish. In Kamakadesh, we say, Posimbo psia ketana, so shalosh pa'amim. We take a small step. Posimbo psia ketana. But Israel takes small steps. So, what does that mean? On Shabbos, we take small steps. So, yes, it means that the Gemara talks about in the Shulchan Arach, you're supposed to walk differently on Shabbos. We're supposed to take baby steps and small steps and not run on Shabbos except for a Dvar Mitzvah. But Rabbinerman says maybe it's symbolic of something as well. On the top left, the whole week, we're so to speak running after our Panasa and running after all of our, all of our Shtablus in all of our areas. In binyan a parnasa lachazer yom of a lailacher esek hishtadlusam are running after our parnasa in b'sharin yonim 
We're running after everything we need to accomplish in life. All of our, all of the areas that we need Yeshuos. And, and, um, you know, we're running after all of our, our needs and our, what we consider our needs. And sometimes, and sometimes we go a little too overboard thinking that we're in charge. And we're running and running, we're trying to be dochek the shah, we're trying to push things. The balance of establishments and, and bitachon is, is difficult. And then he says, look in the words of the, the, uh, the state of the Kajnitzer, Lavodas Yisrael. It's named after the Baal Shem Tov, Rabbi Yisrael. The Tuma of the eight Shratzim. Shratzim are the rodents that are Tame. So he says, why are they Tame? Because they're constantly running and running. Right? Which symbolizes our running and running. We never have time to say, well, let a Kaddish Baruch Hu do some of the running. And maybe I can take a little back seat. If we recognize that Hashem really is ultimately, you know, in charge, we'll still go, but maybe we'll go a little slower. But that's what we do during the during uh, during the whole week. But then Shabbos comes. So what do we do on Shabbos? All of a sudden, we're in the right frame of mind. We take baby steps because we recognize we we leave the world that we're in. Shabbos forces us and teaches us that Hashem's in charge. And we're living in His world. And then he quotes from the Kajaklover, right? The Eretz Tzvi, Hashem Yikom Damo, it's killed in the Holocaust. The Gemara Shabbos Kufyud Gimel says, Psiya Gasa, if somebody takes huge steps, whatever it means, big steps, you lose one five hundredth of your eyesight. And how do you get it back? Kiddush and Kiddush Kiddusha de Beishimsha. What does that mean? So again, obviously it's symbolic, Klomar. But according to what the, we just said, the Kajak Lever says, if you're taking big steps, I'm so focused on, on accomplishing and running and pushing. How do you, how do you fix it? Kiddush. By Kiddush we stop. By Kiddush we change our, our Hashkafa and our Habata. I'll call in Yaniya Olam. So and we go back to Kiddusha of Shabbos. And that's what we try to, to focus on. And then he'll quote from the B'nai Saschar. B'nai Saschar has a numerous svarim out, but he has his Sefer HaMitzvahs. Derech Pikudecha, where he has different chalakim in every mitzvah. He has chalakam So there, on Shvu Ish Tachtav, Ayeti Ish Bimkoma. We know there's a concept of Tchum Shabbos. So Tchum Shabbos is a halacha, that's true, but it's also a message for us of, first we have to be in our own place and not try to run around and not try to go far. See in the bottom of the column. It's the balance. Right? A certain amount, many, a certain amount of parsos that are appropriate to go. But the message of Shabbos again is posim Tana. We take it, we take a little breather. Breather from, from our, our weekday activities. Doesn't mean that we take a breather and, I mean, it is to breather and relax also. There's a Yerushalmi. There's a Yerushalmi. The Me'iri talks about this Yerushalmi, but it's also quoted in the Ramah in Hilcha Shabbos. Where the Yerushalmi says, ma'ango. There's a steerer between two brises. This is not on your sheet in front of you. How are you supposed to be ma'anik Shabbos? So the Gemara said that there's a series of two brises. One brisa says, B'Torah, B'Avoda, B'Tfilah. And one says, Achilah, Shdi, and Shana, eat, drink, and sleep. Right, so which is it? So the brisa answers, well, it depends who you are. Kan b'tam al-chacham, kan ba'am ha'aretz. It depends, you know, who you are. So the Me'iri says, and it's quoted in the Ramah, and if, even though the Pashup shot of the, of the Gemara is that, what does it mean? The is into learning and into davening, and that's how we should be ma'anik Shabbos. And Amaretz is into Gashmias and into physical pleasure, so he should relax and sleep and eat and drink. Says the Meiri and the Ramah quotes this exactly the opposite. The Tamar Chacham was learning all week and pushing himself all week, so he could physically relax a little bit on Shabbos. He could enjoy himself on Shabbos. The Amaretz, who didn't get to learn all week, he was busy, you know, out making a parnasa. He has to learn extra on Shabbos. 
Okay, but, but either way, we have to recognize that Shabbos takes us out of our routine and posim Okay. So we continue now with the Mishkan. So we have everything that was commanded, and then we have everyone who had uplifted hearts, Nisa'oli Bo, they came, and then we have the man in charge. Vayomer Moshe Ben Yisrael, Ru'u Pasaklamid. Kara Hashem B'Shem B'Tzalo Ben Uri Ben Hashem called Ru'u, Kara Hashem, Hashem called him by name. B'Tzalel Ben Uri Ben Chur, Lamatei Yehuda. So the question we might ask is, what do we need all the lineage for? We already know B'Tzalel. Right? Rashi quotes, Chur B'Nashal Miriam Haya. No, he was, right, we already know who Chur was, but Rashi quotes, Moshe's nephew. Why do we need all the lineage? So a number of years ago, we did Ramosha Feinstein on this. We're not going to review that, but he had an amazing thought about using one's talents. But this year, we'll see the Meshachachma. Says the Meshachachma, source number six. Ha'inyan. There's a connection here between Chur and Yehuda and B'Tzalel, as we'll see. Ha'inyan de Mesiris Nefesh, Tzorach Lios, Baloch HaKira, Vizchachmas Yisera. Sometimes, you know, we have to think things out, but sometimes when there's a moment of Mesiris Nefesh, we just got to jump in. We just got to jump in. If we Moser Nefesh for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, for Klai Yisrael, sometimes we think too much. We too ma- sometimes we too make too many Cheshbonos and we get paralyzed. And we don't do what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to think in life, yes. But sometimes we overthink things. And sometimes, whether it's a Chesed project, whether it's, I don't know, any, sometimes we just like, just do it. Sometimes Mesiris Nefesh, you know, know his Chachmus. The Yehuda Masarat Mobiyam be Mesiris Nefesh. Shevet Yehuda, Nachshon Ben Aminadav. They went into the water. They didn't really think too much about it. This is what I have to do. Dabriel Ben Yisov Yisov, Shevet Yehuda. Come on, Yisov, but the Sefta, the Sota. It wasn't just Nachshon, it was the whole Shevet. V'chein, that's Yehuda, the end of the Pasuk. Let's go back. Chur, what did Chur do? He stood up at the Cheta Egel. You can't do this. Maybe he knew he was getting his, putting his life in danger, but he said, I have to make a macha. I have to, I have to stand up. Masar Atzmo Be'egel, he was Moser Nefesh. Da'achakira ta'akev beratzon pnimi. Mi'limsar nafsho, kiddush Hashem yizbarach. Sometimes too much philosophizing and too much thinking about things prevents Mesiris Nefesh. Lachain Amar. That was in B'tzalel's genes. B'tzalel's genes, he had Shevet Yehuda, he had Chur, because of all, this family was known for not thinking too deeply, Schar, B'tzalel got extra Chachma. And extra, extra, Lachain V'yemali Oso B'chachma V'das, V'havein. Right, and that was the, that was the Schar. They didn't think too much, so he was given extra Extra material to think about, an extra IQ in that uh, in that uh, area, and then he quotes the uh, a little bit about the discussion of of we discussed I think last week two weeks ago about the machlokas between Mitzalel and Moshe. He built the Mishkan first, he built the Kalim first, the Gemara Masechas Brachas. So he talks about that a little bit more, but we're not going to to go there. But that's the Meshachachma again, Mesiris Nefesh. Sometimes we just got to do it, just got to do it. Things don't make sense sometimes in terms of spiritual projects, but we do it anyway, we put one step in front of the other, and we get it done. So what happened? They gathered for all the Mishkan, Moshe Rabbeinu came down, and it's described everything they had to do. And the Pasuk says, the dream of any fundraiser, it was all done. They had everything they needed. Vahamalacha haisa dayam. All the donations. They didn't need anything more. Moshe said, We don't need any more. Don't do any more malacha. I'm sorry, let me read the Pasuk right beforehand. Uh, they said to Moshe, This is too much. Moshe sent out a, uh, a declaration. They stopped. The malacha was complete enough. Dayam. 
and even extra. Dayam vahoser. Says Rashi, Right, the malacha, the bringing was enough. And to leave over. Ask the Arachayim Hakadosh already, and other Mefarshim. Isn't Dayam Bahoser? Aren't those opposites? Right, Dayam means enough, perfect amount. This is enough. This is what I need. And Bahoser means there was extra. There was leftovers. Right, so what's Dayam Bahoser? Look in source number seven from the Sefer Sichos Tzadikim. Dayam Pirusho Rak Bichdei Sheyaspik. Dayam means die enough. Exactly what I need. More than I need. So what was it? Baram says the Sicha Sadikim. He's going to answer, really, there was a little extra. There was a little extra. So why does it say Dayam? If it was perfectly enough, exactly, if it was exactly what was needed, then it wouldn't have been exactly perfect. Why? HaKadosh Baruch presence wouldn't have been able to rest in that Mishkan if it would have been exactly the collection would have not had any extra. Why? Because every Jew would think, you know what? It was me. It was me. This is why we completed the project. This is why everything was done. It was my Nadava. Without my Nadava, they wouldn't have done the job. So if they would have had exactly enough, that would have, they would have, there was a danger to have that attitude and therefore there would have been a lack. There would have been a lack. The lule hanasina sheli lohayu must speak in the Gemara Samishkan. What were not for minusina, they wouldn't have finished. Hashem does not rest his his presence on the arrogant. Toavas Hashem called gavalev. Right, Hashem. Toavas Hashem. Toeva. Right. Very rarely. Does a Pasig in Tanakh call a person a To'eva? There are a number of actions in the Torah that are called To'eva. But very often, very not often, does a person, somebody who is a cheat in business, the Torah towards the end of Dvarim calls it To'eva. Here's another one, somebody who's arrogant. Tovas Hashem, kol givalev. Someone who's arrogant. Remember the Rambam? The two Midas we have to go to the extreme about. Gaiva and Kas. Hashem says, right, Gemara and Sota, There's not enough room in this town for the both of us. That's what the Gemara says. We can't live in the same dira. You take up too much space, Hashem says. I'm leaving. So there was the danger of to have that attitude if it was exactly the amount that was needed. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Moshe Rabbeinu, took a little extra. Took a little extra. If there was a little extra, right? If there was some extra that was not used, you know what anybody might think? You know, maybe mine wasn't used. Maybe it wasn't me. Everyone will have, you know, somewhat of a broken heart. Maybe they didn't need mine. And if somebody feels that they're not needed, that's that's the worst. If you take it to an extreme, remember that's why they even had, right? When Adim came to the about the new moon, they had big parties there. Sudas Gadolos for all the Adim that came. Why they have big parties? Because we want you to come next time. We don't want you to think. And and even if it's a clear night, you can be Mechal Shabbos. What do you mean? Everybody saw the moon. I don't have to go. You can be Mechal Shabbos. We want you to go. Because we want to, we want you to know that you're valued. But there's a danger here if there's extra. Maybe one might think this. So somebody has a broken heart, a shiver and lave, they don't have that gaiva, so then the hashra sashchina. Shekane, eshkon, ezdaka. Like the, like the Kutzker says, there's nothing more whole than a broken heart. 
There's nothing more whole to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Ein davar shalem. Ke shivron leif. So if there was it exactly enough, that would have been lacking. So because there was hoser, that's why it was dayam. Because it was a little extra. So nobody could look at themselves and say, it was me, look at, my, look at what I did. That's why it was enough. We have to recognize, again, it's the balance in life of of feeling good about what we've done, but not feeling too good about it. And we always have to look ahead. We always have to have future focus, not just about what we've accomplished. Remember the Medrash? I don't know if I mentioned this last week. The Medrash on last week's Parsha, which talks about what made Moshe Rabbeinu's face shine. Right, Moshe Rabbeinu's face shine. Why, why was his face shining? So the Medrash has three different opinions. One opinion of the Medrash is, it's from the leftover ink that he had after he, he wrote the Luchos. The leftover ink, that's what made his face shine. Asked the Bali Musser. The leftover ink? The Luchos made his face shine. Now what do you mean the leftover ink? What does that mean? So different Pshatim given. But one idea is, you know, one would have thought when Moshe Rabbeinu, you know, brought down the Luchos, that was it. He's done. He's accomplished the greatest thing a human being ever did. He was up with HaKadosh Baruch Hu for 120 days, like a Malach. I'm done. I've done my magnum opus. No, no, no. There's leftover ink. What's my next project? What am I doing next? What do I need? What more do I need to accomplish? That's that's the message of Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu, that's what made his face shine, that he never stopped. He never never stopped looking back. And he gave that to Yoshua bin Nun. Just uh, one more one more extra. Yoshua bin Nun learned that too. And Yoshua bin Nun learned that also last week's parsha. Last week's parsha says that when Moshe Rabbeinu came down, or when he was up on our Sinai, Yeshua ben Nun nar lo yamish mitocha ohel. Yeshua ben Nun, the lad, never left Moshe Rabbeinu's tent. He didn't leave. He, if Moshe Rabbeinu comes down for a second, I don't want to miss a second. He sat out there by the tent the whole time. But the Torah calls him a nar. Ask me if he saw Salanter. Why was he called a nar? How old was he at this time? If you work backwards, he was in his late fifties. Right, he was 110 when he died, 14 years in Eretz Yisrael, seven years splitting up, seven years uh, conquering the war. He was 96 when he went into Eretz Yisrael. He was 56 at the beginning of the 40 years. He was 56, and the Torah calls him a nar. And even if we say that 60 is the new 40, whatever you call it, but but still, nar? So it says if you saw Salanter, yeah, because he had the attitude of a nar. Because a zakain... The attitude is usually zikna is reflected by looking back and what I have accomplished and where have I gone in life and what have I done. It's, it's past focused. And naras is what, I, what do I still want to do? A youth, what dreams and aspirations and goals and, and, and things to still accomplish. That's, that's naras. But naras and zikna don't go by age. Somebody could be 93 years old and be a nar. And be a nar. Right, somebody, uh, somebody in this community told me a few months ago, I remember, his father turned 90, he bought a new set of Mishnayas. I wanted, I'm still doing Mishnayas. No, I just started a new project. No, he's, he's a nar. Al-Tashlicheni le'ezikna. We ask HaKadosh Baruch don't let me have that attitude. But he got that from Moshe. What's my next job? What's my next job? And that's how we could stay with the attitude of, you know, I still have a lot more. That's the balance of Hoser and, and Dayam. Okay, so now we have to focus a little bit on, on Pekude. Not fair. Not fair to uh, give some equal time. So we'll have two thoughts on Pekude. All the way at the end of Sefer Shmos, Perak Mem. Perak Mem, all the way at the end of the Sefer, by Maftir. The cloud came down. Moshe couldn't go into the Olamoed. Kishachan... He couldn't go in because the, the, the Anan, the cloud, rested. So you read the Psukim, Pashab Shah, Velo Yachal, sounds like what a letdown. After all this, the cloud comes down and, and Moshe, you know, can't go in. Velo Yachal Moshe, what does he mean? So the Medrash tells us, source number eight, if you look in with Schwab, the Medrash tells us, Amr of Chamebrachanina, Vichisala Daitrashem Moshe, Moshe Misyare Min Anan. Moshe wouldn't go into the, into the Anan. He says, It says in Mishpatim, 
right, uh, that he went into the Anan and he was there. The Anan opened for him. Moshe Rabbeinu walked into the, to the cloud of God. What does it mean that Velo Yachol? Milamed says the Medrash Shachal HaKavod He gave Kavod. He didn't go in unannounced. Yes, one of the four differences between Moshe and the other Nevi'im is that he could he could start a conversation. But when it came to the Mishkan and the Anan there, he didn't go in unless he was called. He would wait outside. Shenemar Vayikra El Moshe. Amar Bichanina B'Kabalah Ki Mechabeach Habein Moshe Chalakavod L'Shechina V'lo Higiz Daito Mitzchil Evatsov. He didn't go in. Fine. So Moshe didn't go in. So ask the Reb Schwab, that's the Medrash, if it's because Moshe gave covid to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so why did it say Velo Yachol Moshe? He couldn't. He wasn't able to. He was able to. He didn't. It shouldn't, it should have said Moshe didn't go in. Not that he couldn't go in. Im ikni sasohai samachmas kavad ashchina, maza shakasvator velo yachol, shamashpesh lohaya befsharusa likanis ma'atzmo. Right? He wasn't able to go in. So explains your Schwab. The second that Moshe Rabbeinu knew that this is what he wanted to do, it wasn't right to go in, that turned into unable to go in. Because he conditioned himself to be a person who, if it shouldn't be done, I can't do it. Like the Ramban says at the beginning of his Igeris. Everything is, becomes part of you. Because part of his atzmius. If we know this is the halacha, then it has to be automatic. I remember years ago I heard a story that somebody was at a wedding. And there were Moshe Feinstein, who was at the Chassan's Tish, so they were davening Mincha, or Meiriv, whatever it is, and Moshe Feinstein was davening there, and they were waiting for Moshe to finish one ass, right? But there was a guy behind Moshe that was also davening, it was taking a long time. So Moshe was waiting there, because he didn't take three steps back. That's not lucky, he can't take three steps back. So everybody's waiting and waiting, and you know, finally the guy finishes, and Moshe takes three steps back, and they start Chazar shots. And somebody goes up to Moshe Ethel and says, Rebbe, you know, you know, what do we do? You know, we kind of like do the diagonal thing. You know, and we do that. Little, three little steps. The whole Tzibur's waiting. That's a, you know, Ramosha, Ramosha looks at him like, like, he doesn't understand the question. He's like, he's like, what do you mean? He's like, no, Rebbe, you could have gone done sideways. Ramosha says, there was a brick wall behind me. There was a brick wall behind me. None of these games. None of these, you know, this, that's it. Again, I'm not getting into the halachic details of this right now. But, but that was our motion. This is like, I can't. Moshe. Moshe couldn't go in because, because the second Akadosh Baruch Hu, you know, he knew that he wanted to give this covet. Because it was, it was totally lishma. And Rev Schwab adds, it was a yishli tintam lishvach, he says, what we say at a bris mila. Kishem shenechonas labris, ken yikarnas latorah lechupa lemaisim tovim. Hakavana. So he says, what's the deeper message of just like in a, to a bris, so do everything else. By a bris, a baby has no ulterior motives. Why is the baby getting a bris milah? He doesn't even have a say in the matter. Why is he getting a bris milah? Totally l'shem shamayim. He really, it's, it's basically lo yachol to say no. Right? Baby has no say in the matter. Kishem shenechlas bris, kulo l'shma, beli penios v'negios, without any ulterior motives. Shari mi peti litzar and the father, the father also, the father who's who's putting his child in a, a certain level of pain. He's doing it for one reason only. L'shem shamayim. Nobody gives a bris to their son, you know, without if it's not for that reason. So the brachi is just like this bris was with total clarity of this is what a kodesh baruch wants. So it's keilo. I have no choice. So to keni kodesh latorah lechupa l'masim tovim. So to everything in life. Should be part of you. Should be, this is what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants from me. The way that we learn Torah, the way that we live a married life, the way that we conduct ourselves. And he says, each of those are even a status change. It makes me a different person through that Lishma act. Brismila makes me a different person, but he says, Toad, so too. What, marriage? But person becomes a different person when they get married. Learning Torah... 
person becomes a different person through learning Torah. Maisim Tovim. The Sefer Achinachi quotes. Right? We have to become different people through the experiences that we go through. Brismila, Torah, Chuppah. We have to do our best to make it second nature. To make it Beteva. He says at the end, with the caveat that it should still be with the Hislavos. And with the feeling of the fire. We can't make things so automatic that we're not excited about it anymore. But that's what it's about. That's what it's about. So Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't go in the Mishkan because he wanted to give Hashem COVID, so it was Ke'ilu. He, he wasn't able to. He wasn't able to. The last thought, obviously creative as he always is, Rabbi Sachs. Making space is what he calls Parshas Bakute. And he discusses, well, you know, so much of Bakude, so many details. So many details of Bakude. But he says, if you look at those details, if you turn the page for a moment, go to page five. Rabbi Sachs points out that there are many parallels in language between the building of the Mishkan, our Parshios, and my Sabratius, and the creation of the world. Right, he says them on the side. Hashem saw that he had made and behold it was good. Moshe saw all the skilled work and behold they had done it. They saw all of it. Shemayim Ba'aretz, it was all completed. By Yechulu. By Yechulu. By the Mishkan. It was all completed. Hashem completed all the work. Moshe completed the work. And Hashem blessed and Moshe blessed. The Ikadi shows so. So many parallels. What's the parallel between Binyan and Mishkan which we did and my sabracious, which HaKadosh Baruch Hu did. The creation of the house for Hashem and the creation of the worlds. So Rabbi Sachs points out, well, well, notes that all the, all the books in the Torah are start with a vav. Right? Shmos, ve'ela, shmos, vayikra. It all starts with a vav. This is connecting. Vayikra maybe means, you know, makes more appropriate in terms of grammar, but either way, he says, it's connected. If you think about it, he quotes grammatically. He says sometimes in the, in the Torah, you have what he calls mirror image symmetry, which is ABCCBA. You have mirror images. You have that sometimes in certain poetic, um, content. ABBA, ABCD, DBCBA. Forward and backwards. What, what is the message of that type of, uh, of structure on the right side? A narrative reaches a certain kind of closure when the end takes us back to the beginning, which is precisely the beginning of Bracious and the end of Shmos. It reminds us quite precisely of the beginning of all beginnings. The difference is, the difference between Bracious and Shmos is human beings this time have done the creating. Different than HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Maisa Bracious, Hashem does the creating. Say for Shmos and the Mishkan, we do the creating. To put it simply, in a great paragraph, Bracious begins with God creating the universe as a home for humankind. Shmos ends with human beings creating the sanctuary as a home for God. Hashem created the world as a home for us. We then created the Mishkan as a home for Him. Under what He told us to do. And He said in both of those, He says it goes even further. He says there's a concept called simsum, which he quotes from the Arizal. Simsum means minimizing. So to speak, al Kabbalah, Hashem takes up the whole world. And he doesn't take up space, but he takes up all space. Hashem had a kaviyachal minimize himself in order to make space for people, in order to make space for the world. He had to minimize himself. Says Rabbi Sachs, what's the difference between Kodesh and Chol? Kodesh and Chol. Chol, says Rabbi Sachs, is when Hashem removes himself. The days of the week, Hashem removes himself, it's Chol. Chol means empty. Chol means unholy, secular. Chol is when Hashem moves away in order to allow us to go then make things holy. Kodesh is when we create space by moving away in order to give HaKadosh Baruch Hu space to come into that space. It says Rabbi Sachs now, turning over the page. 
Chol is the space vacated by God through the process of self-limitation so that a physical humorous can exist. He minimized himself, he was mitzamsing himself to create the world. Kodesh is the result of a parallel process in the opposite direction. The space vacated by us. What's Kedusha? Where we remove our own personal human desires and bring Kedusha into that spot. Bring holiness into that spot. To put it simply, skipping, Chol is the space God makes for humankind. Kodesh is the space humankind makes for God. And both go through Tzimtzum. And that's what life's about. But if you think about the beginning of Bracious, going through the end of Shmos, there's a buildup. It happens to be only two prakim in Bracious. While it's more than that at the end of Shmos, maybe it takes us more time to build things than HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Every Maimar of Hashem was infinite. So Bracious starts off with building, and it comes to a climax with Maimon Arsinai, and then it goes back down to finish where we ended off, and that is the building of the Mishkan. The building of the Mishkan, the cloud of HaKadosh Baruch Hu coming down, which was, if you remember, as the Ramban says, numerous times, that was the Hemshech of Harsinai. Right? The Ramban says that the Mishkan was a moving Harsinai that we took with us you know, that uh, we shouldn't, we shouldn't lose it. Ultimately, Harsinai moved to the, the Harsinai experience moved to the Binyan Beis HaMikdash and rested in Yerushalayim, which has the permanent Kedusha. But that's what Rabbi Sachs notes about the structure of Sefer Shmos, Bracious and Sefer Shmos, which also relates, and with this we'll close, the Bahag. If you remember, we mentioned in past years, the Bahag has names, I think it's the Bahag, has names to all of the Svarim of the Torah. The Nitziv points this out in his Akdama to Shmos. Except for Shmos. Shmos is called Sefer Shani. And they asked the Nitziv, what, he couldn't come up with a better name? I could come up with a better name for Shmos. Sefer Hagula. That's what the Ramban calls it. Sefer Maimad Arsinai. Sefer Amishkan. You could come up with a, a lot of names. Leidas Ha'am. Why, well, the Bahag couldn't come up with this, uh, a better name? No, the answer is that the Bahag recognized that Shmos is just a completion of Bracious. Sefer, Bracious, and Shmos is creation. Creation of the world and then a creation of the place for Hashem in this world. And that's the ultimate, what, the, what we reached. And really the next step is to go into Eretz Yisrael. We just don't get there until after the Torah because we have another 40 years that we're going to, uh, to be in the, in the desert. But that's Sefer, Shmos. We come to a closure of Ayakob Bakudi with Chazak, Chazak. Uh, and uh, we'll stop here again next week. We'll be the Haggadah Shir. And then I guess the next uh, Parsha Shia will be after will be after Yantif. Okay, we will stop here.